Hello, everybody. I am Joshua. And I'm Jamie. And we're, we're going to do Daredevil. Guys, we left off, Guy. Um, hey, everyone. We left off at the end of uh, last episode with uh, Daredevil frying uh, Otto Octavius in yeah. some high voltage and danger. And even more importantly, he chose Heather, who has dumped him many times over Black Panther. <laughs> we don't know Black his feelings Panther. on Black Panther Sorry. at this stage. Black Widow, yeah. who has also dumped him Nothing many times. Nothing to keep her in New York. Natasha has gone again. Yeah. Um, and uh, and yeah. we are at uh, the second round yeah. of our villain beatdown March Madness bracket that we are doing. We're at the quarterfinals, guys. We are. And I just want to say that um, for those of you who did not listen to our last podcast, shame on you. Go back and listen to it. Yeah. But the um, the results for the first eight matches, uh, me and Jamie, we had agreement on seven of them. Yeah, seven of the yeah. eight was... Uh, Unanimous. It was unanimous. Um, the yeah, only one that was different. To be unanimous, but wrong on one. Of well, them. the only one that was different was the battle between Stiltman and the Beetle. I thought yeah. Stiltman would win. Mm-hmm. Jamie thought the Beetle. Yeah, I did. I think those two weirdos would uh, <laughs> would just kind of clumsily. I think I like Stiltman more than you, Jamie. I don't know. I like Stiltman. Yeah. I, I just think he's, he's I, a weirdo. I like the weirdo yeah. kind of scary Stiltman that they present in the comic. I, yeah. I enjoy that presentation right. of him as a character. I'm not one of those people who's like, oh, he's absurd. He's <laughs> Hydraulic legs. It's, like, well, it's great. He wanders yeah. around. He does weird and, things. And man, did Gene Colan draw him awesome. Perfectly. Yeah. yeah. I'm really sad that, that uh, there was a page of uh, one of the issues, one of the later issues, where Stillman and, and Daredevil fought that was for sale recently. Oh, and wow. it's been sold. I can't. That, that one's gone. I was, oh, I was, sorry, I was thinking buddy. maybe I'll get that. But I'm sorry. That's all right. Um, so once again, how this works is this is exactly like how the March Madness bracket mm-hmm. win uh, works. It's single elimination. Mm-hmm. Uh, the winner advances, a loser goes home. Yeah. And so now with round two, we've got a whole bunch of new matches and me and yeah. Jamie are going to let you all know who we believe would win. Mm-hmm. Not, not our favorite character, but who would actually win the fight. Would actually win the fight. And for those of you who want to play along, you can find the photo of the bracket either on, on the, the episode post on the website or yeah. on Twitter or Facebook. Yeah. And uh, feel free to pause for a second while you fill out the bracket. Just and remember to press play again when you've done that. Yeah, that's right. And uh, we are going to jump straight into round two. Round two, the quarterfinals. All right. So um, for the first match, yeah. we've got... We both have the owl. The owl versus the jester. Jester. Yeah. This is a fun one. This is this a This is a very one. fun one. Why don't you go first, Jamie? Um, okay. So we have the ever... Ever resilient and ever uh, resourceful Owl, who mm-hmm. has tons of tons of money. Where does he get his money? We found out in issue three that he, he was, was some a, type of a stockbroker or a. He uh, made it on the stock market, the stock which market. makes him the yeah. perfect villain. He's yes. like a, a stock stocketeer. <laughs> um, he probably uh, like sold dodgy uh, insurance policies or something. Uh, anyway, maybe the, he does bail bonds. He does the Owl. Yeah, he just bails himself out continually. <laughs> yeah. It's a cycle. The owl and the jester, and and the jester, of course, is um, 
we're not picking favorites on this show, but he is a fantastic villain. Oh, so good. And uh, I picked the Jester on this one. I think ultimately, I mean, it's a good matchup. I think the Owl would probably just be like, I've had enough of this now. This has gone on far too long. The Owl is a very somber character mm-hmm. and he doesn't take fools. He, he is kind of into the pantomime to, or the, the performance of it to a certain degree. He had that fake trial, as you remember, where mm-hmm. he kangaroo courted his way. But even that, he was like, this is, this is getting silly now. I'm over it. I'm leaving. So there is an element of him that is, I almost feel like he, he has those little fun things to keep the spirits of the henchmen up. Right. And he's like, okay, we'll do the trial. Okay, we'll do this. But ultimately, he's very serious and very focused on his goal. Yeah. And the jester would probably just wear him out eventually. And they would just be like, okay, I'm leaving now. You, whatever it is you mm-hmm. think you are winning. Because their goals are so different. Mm-hmm. The jester doesn't want a criminal empire. He doesn't right. care about that. He would probably just do it for fun. Yeah. And then be like, okay, I destroyed your empire. <laughs> that right. was fun. <laughs> anyway, you can have it back now. So see ya. But I think he'd win. I think yeah. he would just wear the owl out. This was the hardest one for me of the mm. entire bracket. Yeah. Of the entire bracket. <laughs> um, first round, the hardest one for me was Deathstalker versus Purple Man, where mm-hmm. we both chose Deathstalker to win. But this one was so hard because they're evenly matched yeah. But with a different set of skills. Yeah. If that makes sense. And you have to determine which set of skills mm-hmm. is going to be the one that succeeds. Yeah. The owl, in my mind, is smarter than the jester. Yeah. The jester is a more creative fighter. Mm-hmm. And I went with the jester as well, Jamie. Mm. The the ma- the thing that put me over the top was the owl relies a lot on his overall schemes, the mm-hmm. plan that he's going to do. The last time we read about the owl, I think it was the last time, was when Spider-Man was blind and Daredevil was taking him and into the, um, following the owl mm-hmm. and, and uh, into that cave that was up in the air that, remember, the airplane or the blimp goes mm. and goes in there. Yeah, Spider-Man wasn't blind at that point because it was the annual. He was blind and he's in Peter Parker, but he was, no, he was Spider- able to see. He was coming to him for legal advice. He was coming to Matt for legal advice. No, Spider-Man was blind. Spider-Man was blind against the Mask Marauder, but the owl was oh, in the you're owl. you're right, you're right, you're right. And, you're right. and what got them through was that Spider-Man could see the holographic owls attacking him, but Daredevil didn't, so. No. Yeah. Oh, you're right. Yes, yes. He was. Yeah, okay, I'm sorry. I'm getting those mixed up. But anyways. It's understandable. Correct. It around the same time. So anyways, it was during that fight when when uh, the owl uh-huh. is going against Spider-Man and Daredevil. Yeah. And his his plan, his scheme was so stupid. Yeah. At the second half of it, because A, he used holographic um, bats, and he thought that would defeat, defeat them. Yeah. And then secondly, when they go in and they actually fight, He's relying on. It was just. It was so poorly executed and so poorly poorly put together yeah. that I felt like that was the last time we read the owl. Mm-hmm. This is over the the sixties and the seventies. The jester has yet to have a story where he was, where he made stupid mistakes. Although the the, the whole gladiator fight the, uh, thing yeah. that the death stalker did, yeah. you know, wasn't the strongest jester mm-hmm. performance. But I felt like that thing with the owl really left a taste in my mouth saying, 
dude, you got to come up with yeah. a better way to try to stop Spider-Man and Daredevil. He may have been like a little rusty because he'd been frozen for a few months. Right. But yeah. So I think I that's why I went with the gesture based off of that one moment. I felt that like makes sense. If it, it's all the owl is all about his brains. It's all about yeah. him coming up with the plan. And I felt like your planning has been kind of poor lately. Yeah. Um, so I went with the jester. Yeah. All right. Uh, next up is next hide in gladiator. This yeah. is a fun one. This, this is, is a, a fun, very, one. very fun one. Um, I'll go first on this one. If okay. That's okay. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So obviously hide has gladiator beat when it comes to strength. Mm-hmm. The gladiator is a normal man. I shouldn't say normal man. He's an incredibly strong. I mean, yeah. he's like an Arnold Schwarzenegger type of man. Yeah. He's kind of like a wrestler. Right. Um, but Hyde has him in strength and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gladiator obviously has a weaponry. Uh, he's got the the saw blades, um, the leg blades, the leg blades. Um, he can uh, he can also shoulder blades. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, they can help him fly a little bit too. Remember that one issue where he could glide. He glide. Yeah, he, he could gl- glide he, with it with the the, the spinning blades. He. Um, I think he gets like a, a foot off the ground. Right. <laughs> Just kind of I, goes along. I'm thinking of hand to hand combat, and I feel like. If they're close, mm-hmm. um, what would happen would be the gladiator would keep cutting Hyde up mm-hmm. big time. Mm-hmm. But I feel like even though he's getting cut up, I feel like Hyde would still deliver the beat down. Yeah. I think this like he's going to take a lot of damage, but I feel like uh, Hyde is going to get the uh, the last punch in. So I went with the Hyde. Mm. I went with Hyde. Yeah, I agreed. I think Hyde is is a lot like we said last time he's a lot more resilient there's something kind of frighteningly uh, able to take punishment mm-hmm. in him and i pictured it being a case of him just crushing the gladiator right as of, of you know he he's more than happy to throw himself off a building and the gladiator's <laughs> suit is heavy yeah it's it's armor uh-huh. and i get the impression that if they fell off of a building together because i picture them falling right. off of a building uh, Hyde would hit the ground and be like, "Well, that hurt, but I'm up." And Gladiator would Gladiator die. would be destroyed inside the suit. He and, would just and, yeah, broken to pieces. And we're not just picking Hyde because he's stronger. I mean, no. look how many times Batman has beaten Superman. Yeah, by out by out thinking him or having yeah, exactly. or something. We, I really think that Hyde, his fighting ability, um, it's it's he never stops. Yeah, he'll continue to punch, continue to kick, and even if he's getting hurt. He's gonna he's gonna go through it. It's not gonna be like ah, you cut me, leave me yeah. alone. I give up. Yeah. No way. Hyde's like cut me all you want. Yeah. Cut off one of my arms. I don't care. I'm gonna I'm gonna beat you down. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> all right, all right. On to the other side of the bracket. Uh, we hit, this is we'll start with the Bullseye versus Deathstalker because we both agreed on that one. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like. Um, Deathstalker is probably the most powerful villain that Daredevil has at this stage. Mm-hmm. Um, I think when you're dealing with a character that can't be touched and your entire gimmick is that you can hit people with things, <laughs> it kind of takes away what you bring to the table at that stage. Bullseye, maybe he'd work out something. Maybe he'd notice something in what's happening. But a lot of it is just volume with bullseye a lot of it is i'm going to throw a lot of things at you really quickly Mm -hmm. and um it's going to distract you enough that i can keep throwing things at you until something hits you um here you go look dodge this dodge this i've got you (laughs) on the back foot deathstalker doesn't really have a back foot he just has 
okay, you're throwing things at me. I just disappeared. Yeah. Now I'm behind you. Yeah. You're still going to throw things at me? Oh, look, yeah. you've turned around. I've disappeared again. Mm-hmm. And I think he just has enough smarts to get to a position where he can get close enough to Bullseye. And Bullseye, you know, remember Bullseye, when he's had fights, even with Daredevil, the, the agility becomes an issue. It still becomes a close quarters mm-hmm. fight eventually. Mm-hmm. It still comes down to them getting close together and right. hitting each other. And once Deathstalker gets close to you, that's it. You're over. Right. So, so you go with uh, Deathstalker. Deathstalker. These two characters, I see them as pretty equal in the intelligence mm-hmm. department. Yeah. Neither of them are geniuses. No. But they both are very creative when they come with their style of either fighting or scheming or planning. Mm-hmm. Um, you were right on pretty much everything that you said, and I agree. And I think specifically when you're like this fight is going to get over when the when the um, the villains are next to each other. Mm-hmm. This is not a fight that can be won from a distance. No, this is a melee combat. This is fist to fist combat. Is how it's going to end. So at that point, I feel like Bullseye does become not useless, but as we can see several times when he's fought in Daredevil, Daredevil beats him by um, narrowing the gap between them and and getting within fist punching range. Yeah, and that's how he beats um, yeah. Bullseye pretty much every time. And I feel with Deathstalker. Once they get close together, uh, Bullseye's definitely a better fighter. He's more skilled in fighting. Mm-hmm. But I feel like uh, because of the death touch, he'd eventually get it. And I think um, once you once you once you do get close together, uh, Deathstalker is going to use that phasing in and out ability and throw um, Bullseye off of his game. And we all know when Bullseye gets close and starts fighting, he gets frustrated very fast. Mm-hmm. It has happened many times where he's yeah. gotten frustrated because it's like, oh, you know, like, why am I not winning? Why am I not? Yeah. And I feel like he would get so annoyed that Deathstalker would one-up him and get behind him and do the death touch on the back of the neck, give him a little kiss on the cheek, ah, pow, and he's dead. done. So I agree. I'll go with Deathstalker as well. Wow. So we have <laughs> The first three bouts have ended uh, the, the uh, same, agreement. But this but one this will one not. Will not. <laughs> we've got uh, a... a uh, Joshua has Stiltman versus Cobra. Oh, it could end the same. Yeah. And oh, I I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. The Beetle versus That's Cobra. That's right. Uh, okay. Okay. We've got uh, the, creep, the creepy corner. In yeah, the, the creepy corner. <laughs> um, I forgot. Yeah. No, which, we, this uh, could still match up yeah. the same. Yeah. You go ahead. You, you can start with your Stiltman okay. versus Cobra. So... Cobra, as we all know, is slippery. Mm-hmm. And Stiltman has long hydraulic uh, legs. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be hard for Stiltman to catch him mm. at any point. Yeah, He's going to have to shrink down to a low level. So I feel like this fight, it's not like Beetle where he could have stepped on him. Mm-hmm. I feel like if you try to step on Cobra, he'll like... Ooze up. <laughs> he'll ooze up your leg and d- defend it, or he'll be able to wrap himself around your legs mm-hmm. and knock you down. Yeah. So I feel like this fight has come down to a ground level, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. So now we're going to kind of hand-to-hand combat between the two. And, it, and I'm like, well, Stiltman still has armor. Yeah. Cobra's only got the 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 slickiness of his, of his outfit and yeah. darts. Yeah. I don't think the darts would do anything in the armor. So pretty much it's just fist fisticuffs. It's just it's just fighting. And I feel like um anytime that we've seen Cobra fight, 
in any of these fights. <laughs> he's not able to do anything except for wrap people up. He's not a fighter. He's not a fighter. And for that, I went with Stiltman. Mm. Even though it shrunk down to a a uh, you know a lower level, wow. I still went with Stiltman. Interesting. Yeah. Wow, he's he's getting through. Uh, well, I mean, it's just the way that the it's bracket just the way works it goes. out. That's how these brackets are, guys. Yeah. There's no there's no seeding. Um, Beetle versus Cobra, two slinky, sneaky, creepy guys. Um, it's it's basically Beetle's hydraulic fingers versus Cobra's hydraulic body. <laughs> um, I went with Cobra. I went with Cobra. I think the Beetle nice. is there's a little clumsiness in him. Uh-huh. Um, we've we've seen that like the weight of the costume that he wears is sometimes overbearing. Mm-hmm. He can't handle it. And he, what are you going to do? You, you can't grab the Cobra. He'll just mm-hmm. dodge it and move around and irritate you and get behind you and break things on your suit and mm-hmm. you'll be done for. And then once the beetle suit is powered down, he can't move. He, he's stuck. Right. So he'll probably just do that and then suffocate him in his own suit. So that's how I saw that one going. Let me ask you this. Who do you think would have won if it would have been Stiltman versus um, Cobra? Um... I mean, that's the, for me, that's tough because the mobility of the Cobra is, you'd you think, oh, you can just slink up the legs and what have you. Mm-hmm. That's um, why I was like, it's got to be on the ground yeah. level. I can't see it. He's so much of a coward that it's hard for me to see him getting, he'd, he'd probably flee. He'd probably run away from Stillman. <laughs> he'd be scared by Stillman. Yeah, Stillman's. <laughs> Hide, where are you? Hide. Yeah. I need I need help. You know, we can only do this together. Hide quick, fight him. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm going to hide in this corner and like at the last minute. Because, yeah, like you said, yeah. he's, he's shooting with darts and the darts will just mm-hmm. ping ping off of the armor. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I think I'd go with Stiltman on that one. Yeah. Cool. I would probably, it's funny because I think I would go with Beetle over Cobra. Yeah. And, and the reason why is because um, those hydraulic fingers. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's probably going to be easy for, you know, you can't grab Cobra, but you can get your hands on him. You just mm. can't grab him. Yeah. If those hydraulic fingers touch Cobra, I feel like they're going to zap him. Ah, yeah. And then in that case, you don't need to actually hold on to him. No, you can we've just seen zap him, him get past, we've seen him knocked yeah. out by stuff like that in the past and then used as, mm-hmm. you can make a ribbon out of him or right. whatever you want. All right, well, there we go. So now we have moved on to the we final are four. in the semis. Which we're going to talk about uh, next podcast. Next podcast. But yeah, so for those of you playing, alone in, uh, playing along in our final four, it's pretty close. I've got mm-hmm. Jester, Hyde, Deathstalker, and Stiltman. And Jamie's got Jester, Hyde, Deathstalker, and Cobra. Cobra. Slinking. Would you have ever thought Cobra would make the final four? No. <laughs> it's kind of funny well, how do you make tur- the final. You oh, don't know. You know hey. Dude, it is kind of funny. You're it right. is funny because he's a terrible character, but he's <laughs> he's actually fantastic in how terrible he is. Right. They do a, they never change uh, this the the writing of him to make him suddenly like oh he's actually pretty great or oh he's stronger than he appears. He's universally just terrible, right? Just creepy and weird and odd. Um, we are going into the episode now. We are yes, and uh, I think we're going to start with covering a four-part Defenders um, yeah. little uh, little series here, little run that yeah. Daredevil makes a very good, a very nice appearance in. We do. Yeah. yeah this are. is what is this? Eighty-eight through this ninety-two. Is 88 through ninety-one. Oh, sorry, eighty-eight through ninety-one. No, the maybe Defenders. Ninety-two. Is it ninety-two? No, it's, no, it's 91. ninety-one. Because it's four. Um, Defenders at this stage is being uh, eighty-eight is written by Ed Hannigan. 
uh, Don Perlman and Pablo Marcos are the artists, Joe Rostin Rosen, letterer, and so on and so on, uh, George Roussos, colorist. And it's uh, Defenders is like that weird outlier series. I, I remember it, but I don't remember it, it very well. I used to pick up random issues. I think the, the and, and it's so funny stuff. now because any of the Defenders I read previous to us yeah. doing this podcast, the, the lineup was so different. Yeah. Like it's yeah, we have a daredevil villain as a main character. Mm-hmm. Um, is Nighthawk? Nighthawk. Um, uh, I guess a reformed villain because he's a good guy now. Yeah. Um, you have the Hulk, and he was he's always kind of been in and out of the Defenders. Yeah. Uh, Valkyrie. Yep. Um, who I had never read anything previous about. Um, no. Before this, and then um, you have uh, Hellcat. Hellcat. Mm-hmm. And uh, previous. I guess uh, what's his name is no longer Doctor Strange. Yeah, uh, Doctor Strange kind of floats in, but mm. what about wasn't one of the defenders? Uh, um, yeah, um, who was it? It was uh, uh, it was Doctor Strange, uh, the Hulk, uh, Namor. They were like the original. Yeah, Namor was in the Defenders yeah. too. And then you had um, Yellow Jacket was was Yellow Jacket was, was the, the Avengers. You, you right? basically have a bunch of them, kind of. The whole idea is that it's a super team that isn't a super team. You have Damon Hellstrom at some point. Yeah. Um, and they are, they're kind of the weird team that no one really knows is doing right. stuff. And they, they kind of get together when they need to. And, yeah. um, and it's become more cohesive because of um, uh, Nighthawk right. funding them. But throughout most of the storyline, it's about Nighthawk. Um, struggling to to get his finances released. Right, yeah, cuz this whole four this full this four part run what it deals with is it deals with Nighthawk having to go to court because um uh, he's being accused of tax fraud and a yeah. whole bunch of things yeah. and So he's not allowed to be a hero at this point. Right, yeah, they, they want to make they want to keep him grounded. Yeah. It's illegal for him to become a hero yeah. and um th- this first issue 88 opens up with um the their vehicle. What's the vehicle called? I can't remember. The Defender car. The no, Defender. It's not really. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> they have be. a flying vehicle that's a flying car that's yeah. being repaired um, at um, Nighthawks. Um, I guess his. It's called an air car. That's what they the air it. car. It's a Nighthawks. One of it, his plants. One yeah. Of his, one of yeah. his many uh, factories. Factories are repairing um, it, and and we get we get uh, Hellcat flirting with all the men. She's just flirting and jumping around. Yeah. Valkyries. Uh, Valkyries. Valkyrie, Valkyrie, Valkyrie is holding yeah. the car up so they can work on it. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the workers is flirting so heavily that he trips. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, uh, what is his real name? I've forgotten his real name. Who? Uh, I was going to say Brian Cranston, but it's not. That's <laughs> an actor. Who, um, whose real name? Nighthawk. Uh, Richmond. Uh, Kyle Richmond. Kyle Richmond uh, flies up and grabs him. And he and says, this is, but he's not in costume. He's not in costume. He's in his normal guards because he can't be in his costume yeah. right now because he can't be a superhero. It's yeah. against the law. And while this happens, they're kind of, you know, he, he says, try not to flirt with everyone because it's kind of dangerous. He gets a phone call from his lawyer who's working alongside Matt, Matt Murdock. Murdoch. Yeah, Matt Murdoch. Yeah, we don't, Daredevil doesn't actually appear in issue no. 88. It's just Matt Murdoch. Matt Murdoch comes and he in doesn't he, even really offer any legal advice. He's just kind of he just there. just smiles. Yeah, but it does say there. that he, it says that he he understands the finer points of superhero mm-hmm. law, which is obviously a branch of uh, right. legality. Uh, before and we should mention before we jump into the courtroom stuff. Uh, oh, by the way, the, the car ends up getting fixed, yeah. and uh, the guy yeah, survives, and uh, and and then they kind of separate um, from that point. Um, but 
the Hulk is kind of MIA right now because he is um, also, once again, like we went over on last run, podcast, wanted by the police. He, he's wanted by the police mm-hmm. and he is on the run. He's hanging out on Kyle Richmond, one of Kyle Richmond's his boats. Yachts. Yeah, one of his yachts. And, uh, and he's watching a whale. Yeah, he is watching. And it's funny because um, the, the name of this issue is Hulk. Prince of Wales. Prince of Wales. <laughs> Which is funny, you know, fun little play on words yeah. there. And uh, Hulk ends up... Or, he, he remembers that oh, sorry, uh, he br- has a great relationship yeah, with Wales. With Wales, yeah. Because and he rescued a bunch of beached whales. Yeah. In, in his, was it his own comic book? or uh, No, it was in, in The Defenders. Yeah, and, he, and he's Bruce Banner at this point. Yeah, he's just hanging out on the boat, and he says, hey, look, there's a whale. And he says, oh, I'd, I'd like whales. Whales are friendly. Whales like me because I'm the Hulk and I'm big and uh, I rescued a bunch of them and they have good memories. So he waves to the whale and the whale comes over and rams him, rams the boat. (laughs) So he falls in and picks him up and picks him up and takes him on a little seafaring adventure where he takes him to a uh, Soviet whaling ship. It's a factory ship, but it's surrounded by whales and they're killing the whales and they're dragging the, the bodies of the whales in. And, uh, of course, this enrages uh, Bruce. Yeah, it makes him like, turn into the me? Hulk. This is ridiculous. Yeah. And luckily, he's got a pair of purple pants on, so he changes, becomes <laughs> the Hulk, and um, <laughs> they, they get back. The, the other defenders get back to the um, in the air car. They get back to the yacht, and they find out that Bruce is gone. Bruce is gone. And yeah. So now the Hulk is destroying this boat. He's just devouring it. This new one where the yeah, where the whale the takes him because Russian vessel. yeah, it is. It's just it's it, it's a whaling ship. Yeah. It's it's capturing whales and torturing Illegally. them and getting and getting the blubber and mm. all that stuff that you, you hear so Which much is about. Weird, it must be in either. I don't think it's in inter- Well, it might be in international waters, but it's still off the American coast, which seems kind of brazen of the Russians to come out <laughs> and start killing whales off the U.S. coast. Um, and the Hawk's just mad, and the other uh, Valkyrie and Hellcat, because uh, Kyle went flying off somewhere else, get out there and they're like, Hey, this is what are you got up to? You can't smash things. And he says, Oh, my friends, Cat Girl and Valkyrie. <laughs> I like that he actually knows Valkyrie's name. Yeah, but calls her Cat, Cat Girl. Girl. Valkyrie. Uh, these guys are killing whales. Uh, that makes me mad. And they say, well, It makes us mad as well. So they uh, basically say, Get out of here. You can't do that. While they're doing that, one of the sailors thinks this is the perfect opportunity to shoot the Hulk in the back with a harpoon. That, of course, goes about as well as you'd expect. So mm-hmm. he smashes the ship and sinks it and um, jumps away. And there's a giant octopus randomly. Um, yeah, and they, they, fight the, uh, they, they fight the octopus. And, they uh, fight the octopus. Um, they sail off. They make friends with the Russians. Um, yeah, it, it was a weird kind of moment there <laughs> where... The, where you know the the the, the ship the captain. The ship yeah. captain is like, you know, my whole family's done this, and he's got the scar on his face, and he's like, he's I, a Ahab. Uh, yeah, he's, I, you know, these wells ruined my life and my family's life, so I hate them. And then, you know, and at, they end up saving his life, uh, yeah. and he kind of has like, a, you know, what I'm going to return to Russia uh, because it's my homeland and I love it, but I feel like, you know. Russia's bad and America's yeah, I need good. I need to go back there and I maybe wells aren't so bad and yeah, it was just kind of an interesting little it's a issue, weird you aside. know. And meanwhile, um, Nighthawk flies yeah. into an airplane. Yeah, <laughs> and I don't mean he flies because so he gets into it. He well, actually hits it. He does flying. hit it. Yeah, and we should say at this point he he had gotten a phone call while yeah. at the um, yeah. plant or the uh, the warehouse that he was at, and they said, "Hey, guess what? 
you can go ahead and be your superhero again. And he's like, woohoo! I can this, fly. This is exciting. So he automatically gets into his costume yep. and then soars off and and everything. And yep. uh, and he flies and he sees that there's a plane being hijacked. So he does the hero thing, smashes into the plane, takes out the hijackers with his... Uh, I always forget he has little lasers on top of his wings. I know. It's kind of weird. He didn't and, have that when he was fighting Daredevil. No. And then the plane... Uh, there's a bomb and the plane explodes. He has to fly the plane down. He helps. Uh, we're kind of flying through this just because it's kind of a, a weird issue. He helps the plane land by holding the tail and uh, brings it safely down. Uh, we cut back to the octopus attacking the Russians. There's one Russian that is uh, friendly with Hellcat. She started flirting with one of the Russians. Of course. She Very is handsome. a big flirt. She's a huge flirt. Uh, Valkyrie cuts off a couple of the tentacles of the giant. Uh, I, I guess it's a squid rather than an octopus because it has several... Um, it's a giant squid. Um, and uh, they throw some bottles of vodka at it. it yeah, it I thought that was, in, that was interesting. So to, so to, to defeat this sea monster, yeah. they throw lit bottles of vodka to make, you know, alcohol bombs. And uh, they throw it, and apparently, even though this octopus or this uh, whatever it is, this, this big squid mm-hmm. is gigantic, these little tiny pew, pew, yeah. little explosions are enough for it to retreat yeah, and uh, like, go oh, home. Okay, this is more work than it's... Uh, but, but but Valkyrie has, meanwhile, fallen into the water and vanished. She's sunk. Yeah, we don't know ocean. where she goes. Uh, uh-huh. We don't know where she goes, but suddenly out of the ocean comes a huge whale, and on top of it is the Hulk just riding a whale. And he's got Valkyrie. And he's got Valkyrie. He's got Val. And he's like, hey. And they, they have the line, jump in Jehoshaphat. It's a whale. And the Hulk, and Val, and one of the Russians says, "Da." <laughs> <laughs> that's um, pretty much it for that issue. That's it. For, but there is a great ending. The ending is that Matt's there. We we see Matt, and he's talking. Wow, um, Nighthawk's on a tube. He saved it. And then Nighthawk flies in and says, "Hi guys, why do you look so glum? Aren't you glad about the break the court's given me?" And his lawyer says, that's just it. After we talked, received the summons, the grand jury has decided to go ahead and indict you for fiscal maleficence. Yeah. So, I mean, Nighthawk was super happy because he finally is able to be a superhero again. But now he finds out, oh, crap, I'm going to have to go to jail for tax fraud. Yeah. This is terrible. He's getting done for for tax evasion. And he responds how you'd expect anyone to. He says, oh, no. (laughs) 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 And that's the end. That is... It's kind of, uh, it, it reminds me of that little... Now, comment. do we find out at the end of this issue or the start of the next one that um, um, the, um, Hellcat's mom was sick? We find out that she's sick because and, she, we cut to the hospital where yeah. they've been trying to contact Patsy. Yeah. Patsy Walker is Hellcat, who you know from, um, she's in the Defenders TV show and um, Jessica Jones, she's Jessica Jones's friend. Mm-hmm. Patsy Walker was a character that was in an early Marvel series that was like the teen love comedy thing. And her story is that she was like a teen actress. Her mom kind of was the, the typical uh, child actor, mm-hmm. mom, child, uh, uh, stage mom, and kind of pushed her through this thing so they have a weird relationship. Um, but then she became Hellcat and fought crime. Um, right. Oh no, um, that's as far as we find out. And then it says the next issue um, de- we're gonna we're gonna cut to a very famous Batman story. Apparently, it's yeah. called a Death in the Family. Death in the Family, yeah. Um, and it's funny because I actually enjoyed this uh, this next issue quite a bit. Yeah, it's kind of a touchy it, it, little. It's it's fun. Yeah, I'll be honest with you. Nothing really happens. 
Yeah. <laughs> um, well, okay. What happens is, is Hellcat's mother passes away, uh-huh. and she's very sad, and she wants the Avengers to go with her. So, sorry, the Defenders. So you've got Bruce Banner in his normal Bruce Banner clothes, yep. and you've got Valkyrie, and you've got... Um, um, uh, Hellcat, Valkyrie, uh, and Night, uh, Nighthawk. And you've got Nighthawk, and they mm-hmm. all go to this... Um, yeah, they go to uh, a, a, a gravesite, a, a cemetery, yeah. and they go to the funeral of the mother. Yeah, and uh, it's really sad. And her I guess her mother's housekeeper. Yeah, her mother's housekeeper. Doris she, was she, it? Doris? I think it is. They, Doris. they basically she, find out that they um, that she that they go through. She the had whole a, process. Yeah, and she had an estate that was being left to is being left to uh, yeah, Patsy, just outside of New yeah. York. And what's happened is that you have this transition because um, Nighthawk, Kyle Richmond, has been funding the Defenders. Mm-hmm. Um, we he, should say as well that Daredevil's face actually appears in the box of the characters. Right, and it says on the front that he's guest starring yeah. in this one. Um, and uh, Richmond is is being hounded by the IRS. Um, what happens is that him and his lawyer are, are kind of in a room and all of their yeah, stuff and, is being re- repossessed. And, and it, this is making this is making him so mad. Yeah, the lawyer actually smashes a few things. And yeah. Says, there you go, that's yours it's now. So, it's so funny. Yeah. Um, so everything gets seized and he and he can no longer be there. Yeah. Um, so they, they move they, into this new house. Yeah, they move into, into Patsy's mom's mm-hmm. house. Yeah. And so you literally have the defenders now inside of this community um, inside of a normal two-story house, yeah. and it's funny because they have a really cool splash page. They have a splash page, which that is shows so the great, and it just shows the neighborhood saying, "Just so you know, for when you read future Defenders um, comic books, yeah. this is a thing that you can reference if you want to know where they are in relation to the house." Yeah, they've moved to a suburb called uh, Mon- Mon- Montclair in New Jersey. Yeah, and it's uh, Glenridge is the is the the name of the the, city, the town. It's super cool because, and I wish comics would do this more often. I think it's kind of neat when you lay a platform. You know how like a lot of bo- a lot of books, yeah, um, will have the world map at the front. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just fun for you to go yeah. back to kind of reference them. Yeah, they're on the corner of Hortville and Cedar Street. Um, they're uh, kitty corner from the food market, Food Acres, um, and next door to a little Joe Poldark's uh, gas station. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can see that there's the there's other houses there, and yeah, there's a hospital, there's a few other houses, there's a school. It's just pretty neat though because this whole issue, obviously, you know, you have the side note of of um, the mother, not no, sorry, you have the side note of of Nighthawk Mm -hmm. dealing with uh, uh, the money issues, yeah, the IRS, the IRS, and all that stuff. But really, you've got superheroes just doing everyday things, mm-hmm. going to a funeral, moving into a new house. Yeah, this meet is a, new people. Meet new people. This is not like a, a typical adventure action punch em story, which is kind of fun and refreshing. Yeah. I mean, the, the issue itself is a little bit silly in that sense, but it's kind of fun. Yeah, there's you a know? little moment where Valkyrie gets a new uh, gets her old costume back. She yeah, because um, uh, what's Hellcat was like when you go to the funeral. I would really, really like it if you would um, wear your your old costume. It yeah. would have made my mom happy. So she does it. And we should also say um, uh, Hellcat doesn't have any money. So mm-hmm. when they went to the funeral, he had just what was left in his pocket. So he goes to buy him and Bruce Banner suits to wear to the funeral. Yeah. It's it's like this is everyday stuff. It's this really, is yeah. this is not superhero stuff. No. In the me- meantime, while this is going on, Matt is uh, headed to the to Richmond's um, penthouse suite to try and talk yeah. to them about stuff. And he knocks on the door, and he finds out there's a uh, order of Internal Revenue Services. Uh, the the door is seized basically by the 
And wh- while he's there, he senses something outside, and he senses that there is a some kind of airship, and uh, a bunch of female warriors are climbing down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the B storyline in this issue, because this is really the B storyline, yeah, ends is. up becoming in the A storyline in the next two issues, yeah. which is kind of fun. So um, Matt quickly changes and says, uh, "I recognize what's going on here. I know." I know a villain who uses a very female-centric army yeah. and likes can, airships. Can anybody guess who that can is? Can anyone guess who we are about to see? I'll, I'll give you a hint. This character, uh, though, has appeared in more than one issues of Daredevil. Uh, he had a, a, a nice little run. It's a dude. Um, is not on our our list of. Um, He's not in the roster. In the roster bracket. for our villain beatdown. No. But he is, of course, uh, the Mandrill. Yes. The Mandrill, who is... These are all these trademarks. While this is going on, a, a bomb goes off that takes that kind of... Uh, it's a little grenade that's thrown into the room. Yeah, the um, Fem Force. The Fem Force come in. They kind of t- make short work of DD yeah. just because of this... Uh, yeah, the bomb makes it so DD's senses yeah. aren't working. And, and they were expecting the defenders to be there. Yeah. And this actually works out pretty good because the fight is so short... Uh, the, the the fem force is able to 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 beat Daredevil really quickly because of how stunned he is from the explosion. Yeah. And then they call back to Mandrill and they're like, "Hey, the defenders weren't here, but we have Daredevil." And Mandrill's like, "That's perfect. Excellent. This is e- excellent. Grab Daredevil. We'll use him to find where the defenders are and get out of there." Mm-hmm. And then, um, is this got the supermarket stuff in this issue too? Uh, let me check. Uh, we have a little moment where they go to the new house and they're looking around. They go up into the attic and they see some of the, they mention some of the stuff about Patsy being a teen star. Um, and uh, they send, yeah, they do. They yeah. send uh, the, 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 um, the, the, the housekeeper. Yeah. Says, oh, I don't have anything to cook. And, and once Can you again, go get some stuff. Yeah, this is great because once again, this is just the normal everyday stuff that's happening, which yeah. is so funny. So you've got, um, Valkyrie is sent to the show. She's in her no, like, Val- armor. Yeah, Valkyrie yeah. goes, but she's, she says to she also says to Bruce. She says, yeah. uh, "You go there, and Bruce, I need you to go to Food Acres right across the street because I forgot to give Valkyrie, Valkyrie money." money. And so Valkyrie says, oh, goes. Can to you the pick su- up some rolls of, of Charmin? Of Charmin. <laughs> it's so funny. So so Valkyrie is at the supermarket, mm-hmm. just going down the aisles, and she's having difficulty yeah. because she's like, "How do people? There's so much stuff here. Yeah, how, do do people, do? how do people like people shop? How do people stuff? know what they want to get?" And, and Bruce, Bruce is on the uh, way, uh, but he uh, gets he gets uh, accosted on the on the street by a bunch of hoods. Yeah, a bunch of street hoods. And trip court. him up and stuff. This is not a very up. safe neighborhood, apparently. No, there's a couple of hoodlums that trip him up, and I think that they want to steal. They want to steal his money because he had just been given the money from yeah. Doris and he's walking with it you know out in front of him not in his pocket like a good Bruce Banner he's should not, be doing yeah, and obviously the fight from the, the the sidewalk punks make him turn into the Hulk and yeah. then he quickly beats them and then he heads over to the supermarket and one of my favorite panels yes. <laughs> is the Hulk is standing in front of the supermarket and the doors open up he's, he's about like, to smash the he's doors. about to smash the doors and he's like why are these doors opening up for me? He's like, oh, because they're afraid of me because I'm. They're afraid of the Hulk. <laughs> it's, it's a perfect Namor like moment, like yeah. what Namor would say if he if he was in the same situation. These doors are afraid of me. Yeah, these, and, I don't have time for doors. Yeah. <laughs> so so he so yeah. he goes he, he in. He goes in and, there looking for Valkyrie, and there's a couple of the the locals are like, oh dear dear lord, this neighborhood's changed. Uh, she's still walking up and down the aisles, going. Um, uh, this place is huge. What what have I got here? What is Cool Whip? What is this? What is yeah. Wonder Bread? What I don't understand. It's any so of this. fun. Um, and then a bunch of uh, the, the hoodlums pull out guns. 
Yeah, that's what that's what I was saying. This is not a very this safe a very neighborhood. Safe neighborhood. There's already been two crimes, and as you can yeah. see on that map on that split that that splash page, yeah. it's not a very small commu- uh, area. So yeah. two crimes already. <laughs> and uh, Valkyrie uses her sword to block the bullets, and then Hulk crushes them and says, "What are you doing? Get out of here!" Um, and then Hulk says, "I'm still hungry," and we find out that the Hulk's favorite food is beans. Beans. So he literally fills up a whole cart full of beans. He gets beans. Did you ever, Jamie, think when you were started to read comic books that you would ever read a comic book where the Hulk was shopping and buying no. beans? No. Me neither. No, he goes, he, he has, Pleasantly he of course surprised. still has the money. And the woman, the, the cashier runs it through and says, that's $38.59 for uh, <laughs> several bags of beans. And Valkyrie says, oh, I don't have any money. And Hulk says, I. I know all about money. <laughs> I have money. Here he is, here is money. Down. And the best part is, is the, is the, uh, the clerk or whatever. Uh, she's, she's looking through the money and, uh, she's like, you know, this is not enough. And, and then the manager's $15 short. Yeah. And the manager's like, you know what? Don't worry about it. Let he it just, go. He just saved us. Let it go. It's okay. <laughs> they can have the rest of the beans. Uh-huh. And so then he takes the beans home and then we got a shot of them all eating dinner. It's like the a, a, a full table is set with like... Uh, <laughs> Superheroes around this table eating beans. beans. And like, the, the Hulk has a bowl the size of a... Uh, um, it's like just, a five-gallon bucket. Yeah. It's huge. And he just says, beans are good. Mm. <laughs> beans are good. Hulk loves beans. And everyone else is like, yeah, you told us. And they just keep serving the beans. Um, and then, uh, what's his name? Nighthawk fixes the antenna on the TV. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's got a big. We find out that he has a tomorrow. He's is his court date. Yeah, and he's having trouble sleeping. Right, he's struggling, yeah. and then he goes to sleep, and it's like a loud. It's it's there's too much noise. The train goes by. It keeps him awake. He doesn't. He doesn't really sleep, and just as he's about to fall asleep, it's time to wake up. Um, and then uh, he says, "Okay, I've got to get to town to go to this uh, legal thing. I better get either a cab or a train." And uh, then we cut to Daredevil, who is in a bank vault. He's coming to. Yeah. And he. This is pretty cool because the Mandrill obviously can control women. Yeah. He has no control over men, but he can control all women except yeah. for except for Shira. Except for she, she Sheena. 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 The princess she- of power. Except for Sheena. <laughs> Um, and so that's how that issue ends. And so, yeah. yeah, Daredevil is in a bank vault. It turns out as we, we're jumping on to 90 right now, yep. issue 90, turns out that the bank vault happens to be a, a, a women's, um, it's a women's bank. Yeah. Women's bank. And that's obviously why Daredevil. Or, so that's, I mean, that's a perfect spot for the mandrel to take yeah, over a women's exactly. bank. The women's bank. He's taken over the women's first bank of America. Um, we cut to another little story that tells you the story of, uh, yeah. tells, tells you yeah. the origin of Mandrill. And it's funny that they left out, what was the name of the uh, the lady? The, the woman, the fear woman. The f- I've forgotten her I name. I forgot now. her name, but they left fear. her <laughs> they left her out. But if you if you don't remember, Mandrill, his story is is that uh, his parents were in this this building. They were doing was, atomic testing. Yeah, at some stage. and there was this big this big explo- radioactive explosion uh-huh. or something that ended up causing him to be mutated, and he's an actual mutant. He's is a mutant and that looks look, like a, he looks like a Mandrill, mm-hmm. and uh, he he's also super strong. And he and his dad and mom ended up dropping him off. It was actually just his dad, I think. His dad dropped him off at a um, just somewhere out in the desert or mm-hmm. whatever, and to die because he yeah. couldn't stand having this, or we think is because he couldn't stand having this ugly mandrill child. It's too hard to deal with. Yeah, and then on his way back, 
um, cause he obviously survived. He found out that he, he can control women. He can control and, women and, and he's strong yeah, and, and agile. And they can make him do whatever he wants. Yeah. Um, so we have that little retelling and then we see Daredevil is still in the thing. Um, the, the, the pantry is full of beans. Um, everyone's happy. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Daredevil realizes he can't open the door because the things, yeah. but he, but there's air coming into it. So he knows there's an air vent, but it's mm-hmm. a small air vent, so he can't crawl through it. So he scans what he can of the bank area. And um, he finds out that there's a phone that's a phone. in the adjacent room. Yeah. So he uses his billy club, shoots the cable out, mm-hmm. lifts the phone up, yeah. and actually is able to dial an operator. Yeah. And he's screaming really loud so they can hear. And what <laughs> what he does is... I don't have it. I'm blind. <laughs> yeah, I'm blind. <laughs> uh, and ultimately what ends up happening is, is he gets a hold of the lawyer who's working for Nighthawk and is yeah. like, you need to get Nighthawk out of the courtroom. His courtroom mm-hmm. is court hearings today. Yeah. Get him out of there. I need help. I'm locked up in this woman's bank. And so while they're in the middle of court and the prosecution is, is talking about how yeah. bad uh, uh, Nighthawk is. We have a female judge as well who is yeah. saying that she wants to put Richmond in jail. And that's right. the, the key here is that it's a female judge. Correct. So, um, and what happens is that Hellcat uh, went to do a little bit of investigating and found the Fem Forces at the apartment, and she's got a magic cape somehow. Yeah, which I did not know about. <laughs> but she, yeah, this magic cape is kind of cool. What it can do yeah. is uh, you can stick your hand through a portal yeah. and pull out a weapon. Yeah. And the weapon apparently is random. You don't really have control over what no. you pull out. So they have this weird fight, and then they get to the courtroom, and Mandrill was there, Hellcat's there with the Fem Force. She's been taken over by Mandrill. The judge is sweating bullets because mm-hmm. she is being controlled by Mandrill. Uh, they grab Bruce Banner. He becomes the Hulk. They know that the Val- Valkyrie can't fight anyone because uh, one, she's a woman, and two, she can't defeat women. And uh, Nighthawk has left at this point because he's got the phone call and he's going and he lets Daredevil out. And he and Daredevil leave. The Hulk smashes a couple of flying things. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have a big fight. Uh, Mandrill escapes. And um, just as Daredevil's about to follow... Hulk grabs him. Yeah, <laughs> says, I know. It's such a cool to? moment because the Daredevil is going to track Mandrill because obviously Mandrill releases this type of pheromone or this mm-hmm. this type of scent that he's able to track. But but Daredevil grab or uh, Hulk grabs him by the ankle and there's a great little moment where Daredevil's looking at him like, uh, "What are you going to do?" And Hulk's like, "Wait, I remember you. You're remember the one you. who I fought. I like you. Yeah, I like you. I thought you were dead, but yeah, I like you. But I like you. And then and then he lets him go, and, and Daredevil's like, "Whew." That's that's a close. So I don't have to fight yeah. him again. But but he was holding on to him long enough that he mm-hmm. lost the trail of Mandrill. Yeah. But what happens is that um, Mandrill's left behind Hellcat to fight Nighthawk. Nighthawk uh, is fighting Hellcat. She gets slightly electrocuted and gets her mind back. And he thinks, "Hang on a second, that gives me an idea." Um, Valkyrie and Hulk are fighting, and they're pretty much. You, you see how tough Valkyrie yeah. is in this. She can hold her own against the Hulk. See, Man- Mandrill being able to control women, like this, his whole point on going to the Defenders to begin with is because he was building his army and, yeah. and at the front of his army, he wanted Valkyrie and hopefully Hellcat as well. Yeah. So that was a whole plan as to why the Fem Force attacked their base of why operations. Why for the Defenders. So now at this point, when we enter the, the last issue of the Defenders that we're going to go over today, yeah. um, just remember, uh, we'll say that the Hellcat got her memory back. Mm-hmm. Or, uh, sorry, not her memory. She got the use of her, you know, she's no longer under control. Valkyrie's still under control. So you've got Mandrill with Valkyrie and the Fem Force. Yeah. I'm um, heading to um, somewhere else in Wash- somewhere else in New York. Yeah. Um, in order to uh, go to this, they go to this radioactive planet.
plant or whatever. And what what it turns out is is that um, there's this rally going on yep. that's like for Women's March, and it, it's at this nuclear plant that they want to close down, and it's perfect because Mandrill. This shows how smart Mandrill is. Mandrill comes up with this whole scheme, saying, "All right, we're gonna. I got plans. I got something I want to do at this power plant, and I'm gonna do it on a day when there's a Women's March going on. Mm-hmm. So I know that when it's time, those women I can control. Yep. Very smart thinking. Mandrill goes there, and we find out that his parents actually work there. Yeah. So this was all a scheme revenge to get back at his parents and he's very violent with them and they're so surprised to see him and he ends up uh, making his mother uh join the fembots Mm -hmm. and the defenders (laughs) end up being able to track him thanks to daredevil's scent of being able to smell they eventually able to track him and uh, his mother goes and joins the fem force and um and then he takes his dad mandrill takes his dad hostage and they're going to go Pretty much release something that's going to make the whole. They're going to pull out the cooling rods. From yeah, the, the cooling the nuclear plant that's going to like destroy, and create a meltdown, basically. A meltdown, yeah. And um, meanwhile, um, Hellcat is looking for Valkyrie. Yeah. And um, she was given these prods, these metal prods, by um, Nighthawk that yeah. they created that will electrocute. So while she's looking for Valkyrie, she's electrocuting all of the Fem Force and making them get their memory back. Yeah. And, and uh, but well, one of them ends up slipping through the fingers. Yeah. And when she slips through the fingers, she's able to release a trigger, which was the whole point of the Fem Force going in one direction, mm-hmm. and Mandrill and his father in the other. Yeah. Which opens up a hatch, which lets them go inside, so the father can release the uh, the so rods. That they can, yeah, they can do the rods. And what? And he makes his dad strip out of a protective suit so that he gets irradiated. Um, the Hulk turns up, smashes a hole, and basically is going to push the rods back into. I like how they had the Hulk on crowd control for a yeah, while. Yeah, the Hulk was just basically standing there going, come near me and I'll crush you. Yeah, that, he was making sure the Women's March people would stay away because they knew something was going on yeah. at this uh, power plant. Yeah, so the Hulk is pushing the cooling rods down, and while this is going on, he's getting blasted with uh, radiation. I don't, I don't know if it's gamma or something else, but he's basically getting weaker and turning into Bruce Banner. And he's It had like the get, reverse effect on yeah. him, yeah. So he's able to push a few down, and while that's happening, he's uh, the Mandrill's lining up a shot to shoot him. He gets shot in the back, and it reveals that it's his mum that shot him mm-hmm. um, with a, a rifle. And there's also we find out that the father actually was more sympathetic to his son yeah. than the mom was. She was the one that wanted to drop him off. She wanted to off. drop him off in the and, desert. And, and he made sure that when he dropped Mandrill off long ago, he did it near a water source so he had yeah. a chance to survive. Yeah. Um, we cut back to Patsy and Valkyrie are still fighting. Um, Patsy's old in her own because she has a magic sword and mm-hmm. Valkyrie's still brainwashed and also because Valkyrie can't fight other women. Um, uh, it, it, this is a really cool moment. They really show the struggle in the artwork yeah. and she's talking about, oh, I'm in so much pain. Why does yeah. it hurt to fight you? But I have to because Amanda told me to do yep. it. And and uh, I guess the overall just force ends up making her lose uh or she gain shakes con- the, yeah, yeah she shakes she's able the, to shake it off without electricity without electricity yeah she breaks down she apologizes and everybody's happy yeah so that kind of sums that up pretty quickly yeah uh, it, it's not one of my my favorite little daredevil runs or uh, sorry favorite daredevil guest appearances no but i just gotta say that death in the family issue was a lot of fun yeah. just because it's every once in a while it's refreshing to see superheroes doing everyday things 
It is. You know, you don't really see that, especially in team-up books. No. Team-up books are usually always all about the action because you have so many superheroes and you're trying to get them all to fit in and actually play a role. Yeah. So you get so much action. Okay. Um, yeah, so now we get to go jump back into Daredevil for two fun issues. So yeah, we're going to cover two yes. Daredevils. Two very, very fun ones. Um, the first one is is uh, issue 166. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the first time that Frank Miller um, is gets to do the Gladiator. <laughs> it is, yeah. And he's he's co he's still co plotting at this point with Roger yeah, yeah, McKenzie. McKenzie is still co plotting. It's the same team. Um, and we find out at the start of this issue that Daredevil and Heather are indeed in a relationship. And it seems like they've been in a relationship forever. Oh, hey, dear, are you here? Where are you, honey? Yeah. Kind of. It seems like everything went back to normal so quickly. But yeah. And what happens is we have the classic uh, the, the the gymnasium shot of Daredevil. Right. Um, and he does his usual thing of swinging. Matt, are you here? No, darling, I'm up here. Does the the classic repeat? Yeah, flow. it's it's really fun seeing uh, Frank Miller draw multiple Daredevils per panel. Yeah, he d- he does that quite a bit. He and, does. And it's it's really fun. good. Yeah, it's he's fun, really yeah. good at it. And we learn that today is a very important day. And why is it an important day? It's the day that Franklin Nelson is getting married. Yeah, and uh, <clears throat> I like how when Amy. Uh, or not Amy, um, what's her name? His wife? His wife-to-be? No, no. Uh, oh, Heather. Heather, Heather. Heather. I like it when Heather, um, I like it when she says, hey, you're not going to be late for for the wedding, are you? You know it's today. And he's like, oh, this is like the most important day ever. Um, and she's like, well, go, go change out of your stinky costume. Yeah, go get changed, and get smelly. Into, yeah, go get into a tuxedo. Yeah, love it. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, um, and this is this is funny. Um, we cut to the Disney Museum of Human History because mm-hmm. I think it's the first time that Marvel and Disney are, oh, have been seen together. Look at that! Look That's at that. pretty cool. It's a nice catch in a, in a wedding episode of and, all things. And this is a great museum. This museum, as many museums have on display in the comic book world, are villain outfits. Yeah, and they've got a whole bunch of them, and they've got some really cool ones. But most notably, in the focus of this story is Gladiator's costume. Mm-hmm. And man, does Frank Miller make Gladiator huge. He does. It makes him look like he's seven feet, maybe eight feet tall. Yeah. He's he big. draws him so big and so menacing. He takes out a security guard, Melvin Pot- yeah. Potts. And this is the very first time we should first point time. out mm-hmm. that we've learned who the what the Gladiator's name is. He's never been yeah. referred to anything other than Gladiator. And yeah. me- remember, he's popped up more than any other villain in all of Daredevil's he has, yeah. earlier stories. And we also get the introduction of another character, and her name is... Um, uh, Be- Betsy. Uh, Betsy. What is it? It's Betsy. It's, they just say Miss, uh, Miss Betsy, but what is yeah, it? Uh, it is. Well, she's a psychiatrist. Uh, Betsy Beatty. Betsy Beatty. She's yeah. a psychiatrist that kind of ends ends up becoming a love interest with uh, Melvin Potter, mm-hmm. and she and he is infatuated with her. Well, anyway, she's at this little tour group where they have these these kids looking at these mm-hmm. statues. There's a school, a school out at, in the, at, uh, looking at them at the Museum of of Human History, mm-hmm. and uh, the real the real uh, gladiator Melvin Potter Melvin is Potter. lurking around and ends up just like snapping the neck of a cop, mm-hmm. like yeah. literally actually snapping the neck, yeah. and then and then taking the costume off of the pedestal and um, getting into it. And then Betsy's like, "What are you doing? Like, what's going on?" And uh, Gladiator sees this as, you know what? 
I am, I'm confessing my love to you. Mm-hmm. And she goes, you're not in love with me. You're, you're infatuated with me. You, you misjudged my niceness and kindness to you. Mm-hmm. And she's like, and he goes, oh, you know what? Okay, I see how it is. You're going to make me win your affection in battle. Mm-hmm. So I, so I need a... that crazy gladiator mindset. Yeah. Like, oh, I have to win and a it's, contest. It's so funny how we never noticed this in anything else. It's like the, it, it complete... Frank Miller and Mackenzie, too, I guess, completely changed the gladiator character. Mm-hmm. This is the first step of him being coming reformed yeah. and turning into the gladiator that we know today, which is super cool. Yeah, and he fires one of the, the discs as well, which I, mm-hmm. I can't remember if I've seen him do that in the past. I know that he's I can't always remember had, either. But he fires it, and it kind of just cuts someone across the back. Well, because he could have easily killed him, but he goes, you know what? You told me not to, Betsy, yeah. so I won't. I'll spare this jackal. I'll, I'll, I'll spare this jackal. Um, it, it, it's pretty neat. So before we get into any more action with that, we have to go over to uh, uh, Foggy getting ready mm-hmm. in his in his jester tuxedo. Yeah. So we have, we have uh, Melvin is um, putting on the discs and getting dressed, and then we cut to Franklin putting on his cufflinks and getting dressed, mm-hmm. and the, the tuxedo is terrible. Um, and Matt is in his purple one. And we have, um, in Matt's room, we have a very interesting thing, which is that he has a Dr. Spock. Um, not Dr. Sorry, Star Trek fans. <laughs> Mr. Spock. Mr. Spock. Um, yeah, he has a poster of Mr. Spock up on his wall, uh, randomly in the background. And um, uh, he is getting ready for his wedding. And this is what I thought was so funny. So he's waiting for his family to arrive. Yeah. And all of Foggy's family, they're late, right? Yeah. And it, and when they arrive, like two hours later or whatever, they haven't met Debbie. And this is so surprising to me yeah. because they've been, I mean, Foggy and Debbie have been like for 15 years. Yeah. Like like since probably like 65 or 66. I think De- even earlier than that. They De- were. De- Debbie's been around and apparently never introduced her to the family. Yeah. Even when he was district attorney. Like what, they never came and visited? They were busy. Do you remember they were, they were skiing? One, it, yeah, one but, but I mean, it's but a big ser- ski trip. It's it is a big, big ski trip. We also yeah. see Candice, who you remember uh, was, um, was uh, infatuated with Matt. Infatuated Man, with Matt. Matt's got all the ladies, and it's so funny because she comes into the room, and before even congratulating Foggy, she mm-hmm. goes straight to Matt. Oh, Matt, how you been? You're Have right. you missed are me? You, are you missing? <laughs> and then we meet. Is it his brother? I always forget. Yeah, it, it's no, it's somebody who pork we, chop Peterson. It's pork chop Peterson, who he went to school with. That's right. He was a member of. They were both a member of. Oh um, yeah, because Foggy. Foggy was in a fraternity. I always yeah. forget this. Foggy was in a fraternity, and mm-hmm. Matt was like, "This Omega is Delta." Yeah, he was made to do uh, outlandishly silly things, um, yeah. and they do their little fraternity. And, and what's what's great is is that um, uh, sorry to interrupt. No, Foggy is in the jester tuxedo, and uh, Pork Chop is like in an even worse tuxedo. Yeah, he's, in, he's in a yellow <laughs> and green polka dot, um, and um, everyone's there. Everyone's hanging out. Everyone's happy and. Um, uh, Foggy can't find the ring. Yeah, he realizes, oh my goodness, what did I do with her wedding ring? Yeah. So In true Foggy style. Yeah. And so now we go back to the gladiator. Uh-huh. And this is where we kind of learn that the gladiator believes he needs to have a, uh, he needs to prove mm-hmm. himself to Betsy so she will love him. Yeah. So this is a great little sequence. So uh, Foggy and Porkchop are in a cab. Oh, it's and Matt, Matt and Porkchop are in a cab oh, sorry, trying to sorry, find yeah. the, Matt the and, ring. They're trying to go yeah. back to find the ring. But what I liked about this was... Which while, they think is at the storefront. Well, they think he's at the storefront. While they are while they are um, um, in the taxi, he's he's list, the driver's listening to uh, a game. I believe it's the Yankees, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, listen, yeah, the yeah. Yankees. He's listening to a Yankees game. And that and we hear that that's going over the next 
several panels. So while you're reading the text of Porkchop talking to Matt, and obviously Matt wanting nothing to do with Porkchop, yeah. you also have the radio going on, and you hear a blurb on the radio about you know how the gladiator's taken over the museum. Yeah, so, and he's going to kill everyone yeah. in 30 minutes. Did you notice that inside of the uh, the name of the picture, yeah, Fisk. Fisk. I thought that was so cool. Yeah. Because uh, obviously we know that um, uh, Frank Miller, you, you told me this in a couple of podcasts mm-hmm. ago, that Frank Miller actually was the one who gave Kingpin the name Wilson Fisk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought it was kind of neat that he threw the name Fisk in there as well. Yeah. Um, or Mackenzie did, or, or whoever. I just thought yeah. that was neat. So Matt, after finding out that you know the gladiator's doing that, he sneaks out of the taxi yeah, without Porkchop noticing. Porkchop's a bit of an oaf as well. Yeah. He's not a very nice person, and he's just kind of ignorant and ignoring what people are saying and just like talking over them. So he doesn't even notice that Matt has just jumped out of a cab, changed into his Daredevil costume, swung over to the Museum of Human History, and is searching and realizes that there is... A, uh, a whole bunch of kids being held hostage. Mm-hmm. And um, Gladiator, uh, he, he, he makes himself known. He uses his voice to say... Uh, you, Daredevil you heard, does. Yeah, Daredevil says, you heard the lady when um, um, Betsy is saying, please leave these people alone. And I now, love this because the Gladiator doesn't even turn around. He no. just puts on his helmet and he's like, puts an old helmet. foe has showed up. This is perfect. This is my chance to prove it to you. And yeah. this is where we get to see Daredevil's hanging out by one of the old costumes. We get to see so many costumes. It's yeah. so much fun. Frank, uh, uh, we get to see Rhino. We get to see Rhino. We get to see Scorpion. Scorpion. We get to see Stil- Frogman. And Stilt Stilt Man. Man. Mysterio. Yeah. The Masked Marauder. The Masked Marauder. But I love the fact that Daredevil just hanging out, leaning up against Stilt Man's yeah. legs. And he pushes the costume over to distract him, and then they get into their fight. And it's the, the oh. typical thing of like uh, Gladiator's Bruce Trent versus... But isn't it so cool that... Daredevil uses Stiltman's body and just yeah. hits it hits the gladiator with him. Yeah. It's so neat. Yeah, we get to see there's there's actually a couple of panels that you see. Um, it, it's really the beginning of Frank Miller's style, which it became much later, which is that kind of really large and very that the the line weight is very heavy, mm-hmm. and it looks it almost looks like something from either Sin City or like a a, a much like Dark Knight. Returns yeah. again, or whatever the, one of the sequels is. Mm-hmm. It's like a really dense because he's like putting these huge characters into smaller panels, mm-hmm. and they're becoming bigger and bigger. The background is kind of uh, vanishing into nothing, right? And then they they fight and they fall into a, a mock up uh, arena, a mock up, which arena. is perfect because Gladiator Gladiator's mind is really Gladiator's going. Gladiator's mind is completely crazy in this yeah. one. I know that it's kind of touched on this before when he teamed up with the Beetle, where he seemed very much like I am a Gladiator, which I, I yeah. don't remember him being before. In, no. When we first met him, he was just a costume maker, right. a costume designer. Now he completely... So I don't know if something happened in another book or in between stuff that's happened that they decided to turn him into this. But he falls down and there is a statue of, um, of uh, Caesar mm-hmm. and... He's, it's he's cool. giving the thumbs down. Giving the thumbs down. It's yeah. so neat. And, and but see, Gladiator loves this because he sees himself in a in an arena with all these statues. Yeah. So like, this is the perfect spot for me to destroy Daredevil. And obviously, Daredevil ends up winning the fight. But it's pretty cool because like he gets some good kicks. And and you're right, the, the the artwork is so awesome in this fight. Uh, Frank Miller's really doing a great, and Klaus Johnson are yeah. really doing a great job of like showing the pain of each hit. Yeah, like the way that the posture is and how like you'll notice when Daredevil kicks off the helmet like uh it looks like um uh melvin potter is like squinching in pain Mm -hmm. and uh, he gets knocked upside the head a few times got blood coming out and uh 
and uh, Daredevil ends up beating him just by brute force. Yeah, and takes him down, and and then Betsy shows up, um, and Betsy's like. Daredevil, like, leave him alone. The children are fine. He's hurt. Uh, he's not, he doesn't know what he's doing. Uh, he's been lonely and bitter, and, and you know, he just needs understanding and a helping hand. So she kind of, like, is going to show at this point that, you know, I'm going to continue to work with him and make him yeah. become a better person. And one of, one of the person. cops says, uh, this, what this guy needs is a good lawyer. And as Daredevil's right. leaving, he thinks, you're going to get one. Right. Which is funny that Daredevil's so willing just to help anybody, yeah. even though he's fought Gladiator and almost died yeah. so many times. Mm-hmm. Um, so Daredevil's like, crap, I better not have missed the wedding. So he quickly goes to the storefront looking for the ring, can't find it. He goes to the wedding and, and walks in at Foggy's wedding at the last possible second, yeah. right as the uh, the pastor or whatever is... He's um, stalled. He says, yeah. just, as, just as we get into the ring part, he's stalled and he says, okay, now give me the ring. And he goes, I couldn't find it. I couldn't. I turned the place upside down. And Foggy reaches up to grab his, oh my goodness, he he puts his head in his hands. And just as his hand is coming up, he looks up and he says, oh, yeah, I put it on my little finger so I wouldn't lose it. Right. And the the reverend leans forward, the the pastor, (laughs) leans forward and whispers to Debbie, are you sure you want to marry this guy? (laughs) (laughs) And she goes, for better or for worse. Yeah. And so Uh, there we have it. And the last panel is actually them being pronounced man and wife. Yeah. So Foggy has been, I mean, Kudos to Foggy. Mm-hmm. He got married before Matt did. Yeah, and that that was a long relationship with a lot of turmoil a and lot a lot of, of twists, stuff. a lot of turns. We also see uh, next. This is this is interesting. Yes, and this is, is something that we'll discuss I, later. The next issue is described as a very special issue featuring Dee Dee and the Punisher mm-hmm. in the most daring story of the decade. Now, as you will know, next issue, issue one sixty seven. Isn't the isn't the, isn't the Punisher. and we'll go over that. Um, I'll, I'll mention it briefly now, and I'm, I'm sure I'll forget, and I'll mention it again when we go to that issue. What happened was that they worked on a story um, which later became the Child's Play story, which is about uh, drug use, and the Punisher uh, was a big part of that story. That was um, your first Frank Miller. That, that was my first read, Frank yeah. Miller Daredevil comic that I picked up, um, and. What happened was that it didn't. It, the Comics Code Authority had some issues with it um, because it showed children using drugs, which was against the Comics Code Authority. Um, so there was a lot of talk at Marvel: should we release this as a graphic novel? And um, Frank Miller and possibly Roger McKenzie, who is he's still listed as writing the first part of the story, but Frank Miller is listed as being the writer on the second part of the story. It's a two-part. They pushed back, or Frank Miller pushed back and said it's important that this story gets out to the right audience, which is young readers, which is what we're trying to do. We're trying to make this thing, um, make this story relevant to them. And it got pushed. The book got pushed for a long time. So some stuff happens that ties back into it. The the Punisher becomes more integrated into the story. So it it seems like it's been reworked. um, And it shows him how he becomes part of the story. But it was originally going to be the next issue, and they, they got told that they needed to shelve it. So you have this bump, and it's another fill-in story. Mm-hmm. Um, but Frank Miller's doing the artwork on it. Yeah. Um, one interesting thing that I, in reading it, in reading uh, a lot of the uh, journal stuff that was coming out, uh, comics journal and stuff like that that was coming out, the, the literature around, or the, the reporting around Daredevil at this point, is that... Th- when the Daredevil story, the Child's Play story actually comes out, it's at a period where people are starting to get a little bit tired of Frank Miller, which is kind of funny as an idea because we think of him as being such an integral part of the story mm-hmm. of Daredevil's world. And they're starting to question 
is he as good as he thinks he is? And a lot of people really didn't like the, the you know, story. You know, I think what it is is that it is so different than anything we've read yeah. before, and they're so used to swashbuckling superheroes. Yeah. And you finally have somebody who comes in, and it's not just he's adding like these dark undertones to it. He's formulating stories that are they're unique in their in their own, and they have such deeper meanings. Yeah, and he's making these characters more relatable yeah they the 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 superheroes and villains they have emotional problems yeah they have you know issues that are everyday real life issues just you know brought at a bigger scale just because you're you're dealing with stuff that that is make-believe yeah and i think people maybe they weren't ready for that yeah because now so many people pull from frank miller so many people. yeah exactly it basically redefined the character right rebuilt the character um so this is this is still in the every two months this story that comes along which is 167 yeah we're in november right now yeah so we're almost through 1980 i know it seems like it's gone so quickly and we have this rather random story uh yeah yeah. The Mauler. And uh, we have a, a guest writer. Like you mentioned, uh, Frank Miller is doing the pencils, but we mm-hmm. have uh, David... We're so bad. Micheline. We have David Micheline writing it. Micheline. And, and I assume this is the first... Well, I'm obviously the only appearance. Yeah. Uh, sorry if I did a spoiler there. But the Mauler, uh, yeah. this is the first appearance or any talk of the Mauler. Mm. David yeah. Micheline or Micheline is—he's uh, been writing Iron Man, I think, at this point. So this is kind of a—it's kind of funny that this story is, but it's yeah. very grounded in that. Um, I'm guessing this is also—I mean, this is this would make the next issue is Frank Miller's first as writer. So the yeah. previous one, the wedding issue, was actually Mackenzie's last one. He gets credited as the writer of the fu- the future Punisher one because that was going to be the next one. Uh-huh. But that's it for this. This is the end of the McKenzie era, pretty much. Which is kind of sad. It is kind of sad. It is sad. Although I do got to tell you, when Frank Miller, when they let him loose and he starts oh introducing all the elements of like yeah. the Eastern stuff, yeah, it's really fascinating. Well, and, and, and stick, and yes, yeah, sti- and, and Electra. I mean, the next issue is 168, which he, it, oh. is like 20 ideas from Frank Miller uh, included but in I that. love it. Yeah. I love it. We'll talk about that next. We'll talk about that next. For so, now, we have... Yeah, we, we uh, got to go... We got to get through the... Ma- yeah, we got to get through the Mauler first. Mauler. He's um, hanging out a party with, uh, with Heather. They're, they're yeah. chilling at the cabana. I like how they. I like how Frank Miller draws Matt in this. He's got his collar popped a little bit, uh-huh. he, you know, only buttoned up halfway. Yeah. Um. You, you can really tell we're we're diving into what the '80s is going to turn into yeah. style wise. I think I think people should give Frank Miller more credit for the style that the he's fashion the that fashion he. and style <laughs> that he's incorporating into his comics. Yeah. Um, there's a ter- there's a terrible man at this party who yeah. is like a businessman that wants to hire Matt as a, a as a part of his legal team. Yeah. And he's just like a gross criminal and uh, Matt's offended that this guy's even talking to him and he says we want to leave. His um, name is Mr. Cord and he's the one that actually is 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 hosting yeah. this party. It's Mr. Cord with a C not to be confused with Mr. Cord with a K who is of course the Blue Beagle. Oh, one sorry. of the greatest superheroes ever created. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, Matt, Matt says, this is, I'm, I'm kind of over it. This is not my scene. Let's get out of here. And Heather's like, this is my scene. I'm hanging out. I'm looking at men in swimming trunks and just enjoying the party life. And I don't want to go. And uh, they, they're very close to having an argument when suddenly out of nowhere... Jumps the mauler. The mauler comes and he, flying. And, and, he sh- and it was kind of neat because in the very first page... Um, we kind of saw the setup of the Mahler where he had a target that was out and we hear yeah. kind of talking and, yeah. and the Mahler almost like 
his his whole suit is like this blue suit. He wears a helmet. He's yeah. got these these cables that go from his like a, chest to. It's almost like a bad version of Apocalypse, maybe. Yeah, I can see that. It's it's very small. It's very like it's a it's a power suit that he's wearing that has mm-hmm. like a, a lot of energy crackling around it, and right. and he's he's, he's talking got rock, this, He's got rockets. He that can are, fly. Yeah. He can zap things, and he's angry at Mister Cord, yeah. and he's talking about Mister Cord. Um, Matt runs up to get changed and stumbles upon a, a woman in a. And, and I love this, and she's like, "I stop that! I'm in here changing." And Matt's like, "Like later," and like throws her out, yeah, even though she's topless. Yeah. yeah, he throws her out. <laughs> Uh, he says, I promise not to look, which is a nice little cute uh, little yeah. ha Matt. Um, throws her out and um, gets in there, gets dressed, hits the mauler with the billy club to get his attention. Uh, the mauler at this point has just been taking out all of the muscly men and in the li- trunks. And what I like security. is they point out that the muscly men work for Mr. Cord. Yeah. And they're like, oh, we got to defend the boss. So yeah. he apparently hires pretty good yeah. people. Yeah. Um, then Daredevil does his thing of fighting. We get the multiple Daredevils flying around. He gets a couple of nice kicks in. Um, he gets electrocuted. He then. gets electrocuted and he yeah. drops down. And the thing that stops the mauler is the police turn up. And he says, okay, I'm going to leave now, but I'll be back. Flies away. With lots of really great lines. <laughs> and um, so <laughs> it's it's uh mr gore's on the floor and they're handing him like a dressing robe to get and then we have uh, we have have a new uh lieutenant yeah we do this is his name i can't remember uh they must do i mean it's uh lieutenant nick manolis yeah and he's uh you know bald smoking cigars all the time and i guess uh lieutenant rose got Got cool. He had like he implied yeah. that he had like a tax man off him or something. Yeah, way way ago he he got a phone call when he was about to arrest someone. I think and that like, went away with Marv Wolfman. He was yeah, like, like, gonna... sorry, buddy, you're. Uh, yeah. Um, and uh, he Matt Matt got changed, like I said, and they, um, yeah, they were going to question Daredevil because he showed up, but then obviously Daredevil yeah. snuck out. He snuck out, and and Heather says, I think they they need you as a lawyer anyway. There's some interesting stuff yeah. going on here. And then, then when the story ends up going to one of his many uh, fortresses, he's got a spacious Long Island estate. Yeah, Mr. Core does, and mm-hmm. we notice that he's got several armed. He's got an armed. He's got a like army. Yeah. that is guarding him, and uh, and it's so funny because he's like, oh, now I feel safe, and he goes into his house, and who's waiting inside eating a green apple, but Daredevil, Daredevil. with his feet kicked up, and he's like, how did you get in here? And he does a great. There's a great moment. He uses the bitty club to just sort of smash the phone. Smash the, the, the he's just he's just bouncing a bit of club around the office to say ah you can't touch that phone you can't call security and you can't go over there and it's pretty cool because he's saying he's just letting him know that he's on to him yeah and he goes I know that you're scum and then he turns off the light and says I'll be back and by the yeah. time Mr Cord goes to turn on the light Daredevil is gone leaving only the Apple Core on the ground it's yeah. a kind of a neat moment it's kind of similar to in Batman Year One where the uh, you you people have eaten well on the bones of Gotham or whatever that speech is that Batman gives and then he covers the fire and it all goes dark and he's, uh-huh. he vanishes. So it's, 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 cool. da- it's Daredevil's little mini version of that. It's Miller <laughs> testing that out. Um, then we cut to Matt is hanging out in the storefront. Uh, Becky's there and uh, they're working late. Becky just works all day long. She does, man. She's, she's, she's and once real. again, she's, she's, uh, she's abroad. So she likes uh, Daredevil. Yeah. <laughs> them, them broads like them mats. Um, <laughs> And uh, Daredevil decides he's going to do a little more investigating. He's able to uh, 
follow. How how is he able to go? To, he, he, he goes back to Cord's place. Oh, it's just it's just back to the place. Yeah, yeah. he goes back to the, the right. compound that Cord is in. And while he's there, he can smell certain things. He can sense certain things. He, he, can, he can smell that metal is uh, me- carbonizing. It's yeah, carbonizing steel. And he's yeah. he's like, oh crud. Now the thing is, we should say that the reason why Daredevil went back that night is because he knows that the um, Mauler is going to come back yeah. uh, because of the situation. And uh, so he shows up just in the nick of time because the Mauler's just about to kill Mr. Cord, and they get into a little fight. And then during the fight, he ends up smacking and destroying the the face mask of the Mauler, and we find out that the Mauler is actually an older man. Yeah, he's like how old is he? Like seventy or sixty-eight or something? uh, Sixty-three years old. Oh, sixty-three. Isn't that old? It's but not. It is, I mean, I get, it's in old in eighties. Yeah, money. <laughs> it's it's comic book lore, but yeah. So we get a little we get a little backstory, and, yeah. and we find out that, um, that he used to work for, for yeah. Cord, and he found out that Cord was just scum. He stole him out of his pension. Yeah, he basically like it's just a nasty, nasty, mm-hmm. horrible piece of work. Right. And um, the guards come, and the Mauler says, "I'm out of here." He zaps the light. It's it's a really cool. It's a page where we are top shot and we're, we're looking down at what's happening and you have in the foreground, you have the light hanging and uh, Daredevil and the Mauler are standing just below the light. The the um, the, 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 the armed guard are surrounding mm-hmm. them and the Mauler just reaches up, blasts the light and then for the next few panels, we're in silhouette and blue background to show that the lights are out. No one can see anything except for Daredevil who obviously doesn't need to see anything mm-hmm. but can sense everything. He follows the Mauler and the Mauler has... Um, cord and he takes his wallet and he basically destroys everything in his wallet. And that's funny to me because was that his whole goal the whole time? He just kind of said, you know, you 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 destroyed my life. I just want to. I just want you to feel what it was like to. So so he takes out his credit cards. Yeah, I mean he can get new credit cards. I understand that. That doesn't really do much. But at that moment, um, some of Cord's guards show up and they bring this weird looking laser gun thing. Out and they start to shoot at him. Daredevil tries to avoid the the shooting from happening, but he's, he's a nick of the time too late. Yeah, and he just misses out and ends up zapping Mahler, and Mahler goes to the ground and ends up dying. Yeah, really he sad. Dies. Um, I guess his entire aim was just just to make it difficult for um, Core to yeah. get. Like, His motive was just a little. I mean, I destroyed it's, your it's driver's a, license, yeah. your social security card, yeah. your credit cards, your IDs is going to be your inconvenience for a few months now, but yeah. And welcome to my world. Yeah. And I mean, it was a sad story. It's one of those villains that's yeah. just trying to get revenge over having his life ruined by scum. Yeah. And, but, and, and the nice little ending is that Cord kind of still to the, to the very end, he hasn't learned his lesson at all. He's still scum and he's, he's talking and, uh, he, and Dedo was basically like, listen, dude, you, you're making me sick. So he just punches him in the face Yeah, and leaves. And then, uh, they bury, um, they bury him in Mad Act. Uh, bury the Mola. You know, a week is passed or whatever, and mm-hmm. and Daredevil ends up showing up. Only a few people show up to this old guy's yeah. funeral. He's not old, but you know it's, what I mean. Yeah, and it's Daredevil actually in the Daredevil costume. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of wild. And uh, the the headstone says he was, and that is enough. Yeah. 
Sad little story. And then Finn. and then there's a few more pages. There's, which a, there's a great little it, section. It's like a retelling of his powers. Mm-hmm. Not an origin, but like all the different powers that he yeah. can use. It, it it goes over like five pages, which is which is quite a bit. Yeah. Um it's just Frank Miller drawing things. Yeah. Nice. It, I like how they do a cu- a cut of the house so you can we see, see the where house. all the, we see rooms the gymnasium. Are. The gymnasium's huge. It's huge, but it's so weird how the penthouse or the top portion of it is like just a room for statues. Which yeah, is that still weirds you out, doesn't it? I just, I just, just, it just seems kind of weird. It's his sculpture um, We find out the power of the Billy Club again. This is all stuff that we've seen before. Yeah. I mean, this is just filler because they basically got they, they got told that the issue that they were going to put out had to be pushed. So Quick put something together. So they threw yeah. together this like 12-page story and had to yeah. add another five pages to the back. Um, and it's Frank Miller drawing it. So everyone yeah. was like, well, that's great. Yeah. Um, that's it. Yeah, this, that's it for this, this one. episode. We got a, a next um, podcast. We're going to finish up our villain um, beatdown. Well, we, we take it to the final, which we'll probably we'll finish it as well. We won't, we won't yeah. drag that one out. Yeah, probably. we're just it, it'll be three matches. We have the final four right now, so yeah. we'll have we'll go to the we'll, we'll have the semis and the final and the final. We'll cover well, all we that. We have the third, fourth playoff. Or is that too much? <laughs> <laughs> we'll have that at the start of the next podcast, and we're going to jump into Daredevil issue one sixty eight, which is yeah. the first issue that Frank Miller solo writes, and it is a great one. And it introduces a lot of new ideas that are in the Daredevil world. Yeah. One thing we should mention, um, I'm trying to remember which issue it is, but there is, it is, okay, issue 165 had the corner box artwork by, um, was that Baker? I think it was uh, Baker who did that one. Um, and then 166 was the first one that Frank Miller did. He, he redesigned the cover corner box into one that we've seen a lot we've seen a lot which yeah. is that kind of silhouette front uh, backlit daredevil running with the buildings behind him and him whipping out the billy club it's mm-hmm. a little bigger so um lots have happened lots yeah. have happened lots of things happening foggy's married the corner box has changed heather and, and matt are back together yeah we're 50 cents an issue the mauler now. is just dead yeah the mauler's dead dead yeah, um, Gladi- so Gladiator's mind's kind of cuckoo. We know Gladiator's name now. Yeah, Melvin, Melvin, Melvin yeah. Potter. It's a, it's yeah. a, it was a good little run. Yeah. Anyway, thank you all yeah. for listening. Thanks for listening. Really Thanks for the feedback. It. You guys are awesome. Thanks for putting up with us. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we're uh, we're trying our best here, so yes. thank you very much. Uh, I'm Jamie. I'm Joshua. We just, we just did, did Daredevil. Daredevil.